evil. It's one of those shows that gets promoted a lot, especially online. It stars Luke Cage, Mike Coulter. It's the second show I've seen that he starred in that we've done for the podcast, the first one being Social Distance, where he falls in love with a houseplant. Um, from the ads, I remember that there was a kid in season one, but in season two, I don't see any kids, so he might have just been an episodic character. Uh, never really tuned in, not for lack of interest, just the time that I didn't have. Uh, season two airs on CBS, and that's the same network that airs Clarice, and tonally, it feels tonally similar, even though I haven't seen Clarice either, but I've seen the ads. Um, the title for Evil Season 2, Episode 2, is A is for Angel, like a Sue Grafton novel. A is for Alibi, I think, is hers. Uh, I came into it blind. I come out with some stuff to say. Uh, you're listening to today's episode. Get ready as we break it down. have a game and it deals with the creators of the show uh, michelle and robert king have worked on multiple shows they've created multiple ones and i want to see if you can guess which one wasn't created by them out of these four options uh there's the good wife brain dead your honor and the bite one of them they did not work on you said they worked on the bite they created them they created the bite yeah that's one of the options so it's the good i wife? don't think they did they not create the bite that's your answer Sure. No, it was your honor, but they did work on it. They just executively produced it. But I thought that you were going to be able to get it because I remember that when we were going to do research for the bite, and we even said what uh, we found. I remember talking about Brain Dead pretty recently. So yeah. yeah, now that you say that, it does ring a bell. <laughs> yeah. So, uh, but they have found a lot more success with Evil. Like people that like the show really seem to like it. So, but well, it's also, running on CBS, and CBS is a big platform. It was running on CBS. The first season was. And so it's, now it's just on Paramount Plus. It's just on Paramount Plus now. The creators were told five episodes in about the fact that they were going to be moved. So, so it, it must not be doing too well. Well, actually, I mean, they, a lot of fans are happy with the move because it allows them less restrictions. Like now, they're able to use a lot more explicit language and even some like violence and gore. And yeah, the F word was written in blood on the like on someone's wall yeah even the main actress was talking about how she could adr kind of things and that they were using just more edgy language but here it's it's referred to as niche programming would you agree with that assessment yeah mostly because you're looking at the church and i guess our main character david acosta he's trying to become an ordained minister but at the same time he's kind of pulling the hellstrom duty where he's going to different cases and trying to find out whether or not like in the conjuring patrick wilson's character if a place needs to have an exorcism conducted and then kind of just questioning the people who think that they're possessed or relatives of the people who think they're possessed. It's yeah, that's the type of show it is. The show is case by week, but there does seem to be some lingering storylines that have uh, happened in the season finale and then came into season two, such as yeah, I think Krista murdered someone. Yeah, and I think she straight up just like killed someone on stairway. She yeah. kept on having backflashes to it. It was, it was uh, Orson. He was kind of the villain in the first season. Um, and everybody on Reddit seems to think that Ben knows at this point that she killed him. Like, were there like Ben? Ben hints? is played by uh, Asif Manvi, mm-hmm. uh, same guy from Series of Unfortunate Events. Yep, which we brought up a lot in the last podcast <laughs> that we did. He was my favorite character in that. In this, though, he makes a lot of bug eyes, and he does nothing else. So He's he, a, he has a big computer station, and he spies on Leland, Leland, but that's about it. 
And Leland's supposed to be like another villain, right? Leland is a weirdo. He is, uh, I think, a demon. <laughs> uh, and he wants to be exercised. But he get that that exorcism gets delayed in this episode, so and then he, he keeps on he keeps on messing with uh, our main character David. Like he keeps on trying to play mental games with him. He also has a fiance who he dumps um, unceremoniously in this episode, and she actually takes it pretty okay. But then when he keeps on annoying her, she she actually tells him that she's he's not the first demon that she's met, and uh, she doesn't want to deal with this shit anymore. So when it says A is for Avenging Angel, is that the basis of that week? Like, do you figure out okay, who the so, Avenging Angel yeah, that's is? Okay, so that's the main plot. And the main plot deals with this. You got David Acosta, right? Mm-hmm. Well, let me tell you about the first scene, because the first scene doesn't really have anything to do with the rest of the story, okay. but I found it funny. All right. I didn't know that um, my Coulter's name in the show was David Acosta. But the first thing I hear is David Acosta accosted his wife. He, wow. he's, he's sitting there in a confessional with Tom, and he's saying, I hit my wife. And his <laughs> name is Acosta. Yeah, okay, and so yeah. I just found it really funny. <laughs> then we find out that the whole confession is fake, and it's actually just a test for Tom to find out if he, because they're in school, mm-hmm, basically. Okay, yeah. And later on, David has to do his own uh, confessional to pass the class. And he has to do it with Leland, ironically enough, which I don't understand how Leland worked that out. But when uh, you're saying they're in class, what what exactly do you mean? Like, there's one what? guy. There's there's a guy named Father K, and he runs the class. He's actually a father, so um, he, the, they conduct these fake confessionals, and then he just asks the rest of them, like, "Hey, did they conduct it well?" And then sometimes people are like, "Hey, they were too quick." to give them absolution because that might be a wife beater or blah, 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 blah. And they have these moral dilemmas. I just found it funny that uh, Mike Coulter immediately started off the show saying that he hit his wife. I was like, oh, okay. Oh, that was like the so first that's few this, words. That's, that's who this character is. Everybody else probably knew what was going on. I didn't. Speaking of who a character is, like how different is Leland from his character in Lost? Because I feel like... Uh, okay, so Leland's played by Ben Linus from Lost. Michael or, Emerson. Yeah, Michael Emerson. Person of interest is where he went on to be. Right. He's very known for playing deceptive characters. Yeah. And so he basically just fits right into this role. Uh, but he's playing the villain like 100% in this, where in Lost he was kind of mercurial. Sometimes he was the villain, sometimes he wasn't. In Person of Interest, he was the good guy for the most part in this he is straight up the bad guy he is manipulating david acosta i don't know for what means but when david acosta has to call him and say hey we're moving back the exorcism a month he imagines just stabbing this lady who he was um the wedding planner i guess uh in the face and we think it's real, but it was like a Kevin can wait yeah, scenario it up, yeah. where it wasn't. But then he just he dumps his wife in the most like you're a hag. I hated you, and the only reason I was dating you was to hurt your daughter. And then <laughs> yeah, <laughs> and then he calls her back because of some hiding place that he saw that she found or something, um, or that she had told her daughter about. And he tries to like hurt her more, but then she grabs him and she's like you think that i didn't know (laughs) it was it was a real weird show weird weird storyline and then leland at the end confronts acosta during the confessional basically i think telling him either his wife or his uh, mother was that that he had manipulated her too into hurting herself or killing herself and so david literally has to hold the cross in his hand the beads in his hand so hard that his hand starts bleeding but in the end he does absolve him of his sins um and the, uh, Leland is like completely confused. He's like, "Really? Just five Hail Marys? That's it?" <laughs> and then, uh, and then he's like, "Yeah." And then he leaves. But by doing that, 
uh, David has convinced this nun who we meet in this episode named Andrea, who helps, who knows, I guess, more about God than he ever did. And she's this old nun. She's going to teach him her ways and how to connect with God easier. I, I don't know what the whole point of the show is, but it, it was, I guess, entertaining. I, I read that. And let's get to the point of the, sorry. The, the, okay, yeah, yeah. The, the A is for Angel. So the main case of the episode deals with Stan's partner from the Americans. That's who plays. Uh, oh, really? Okay. Yeah, he plays Rayland, I think, and not Rayland Gibbons. Um, <laughs> and uh, he thinks that he's being possessed by Michael the Archangel. The same angel who I think in Supernatural is trying to get into right. um, Dean's body mm-hmm. to fight the devil. Yeah. Um, so he, so he thinks he's being possessed, and he's like giving up all his um, worldly possessions. He's like jumping out of his car to save people in a fire, and uh, his wife is very concerned because they're not like super rich to begin with, and he's quit his job and and everything. And by the end of the episode, like all throughout, we're supposed to be like, does it? angel really possess a human because early on we see the human version of him of rayland say um or roiland uh please help me like he wants he wants out so they're trying to figure out whether they should do an exorcism on him the entire episode and by the end of it he just burns his wife to a crisp like she's just sand they're like where's where is she and he points to just a pile of dust and he's like she tried to leave me or something like that Mm. and so uh yeah it kind of leaves it I get we don't see an exorcism for him, so I don't know if he's going to come back in another episode or, or what. Well, yeah, some people were talking about how the case of the week kind of ended very abruptly, <laughs> and some people uh, like does he fans... go to jail? Like, well, what happens? I assume he goes to jail because it looked like they were working with the cops at some point. Because Kristen's a cop, right? Well, yeah, okay, but but <laughs> <laughs> but fans of the show were saying either that it was done very very well. Critics seemed to really enjoy this episode, but other fans were like, "There's not really kind of like you're saying there wasn't any conclusion to the actual story." And I was wondering if it was just one of those things where the case of the week took an incredibly dark turn, but was done so in like a really good way, so it was like supposed to be uh, kind of compelling and not like a normal TV show. But it just sounds like it was just kind of done and that was it i think leland is a good bad guy i think the dialogue between him and coulter especially by the end that they had amped up sort of like we had seen leland do all this kind of crazy shit all throughout the episode and mike coulter's character just kind of try to make peace and also have these weird hallucinations where he's seen michael the archangel but in this scary looking uh giant skeleton form where he's only speaking latin or something and uh Yeah, so I guess they just amp it up nice enough. So by the end, the dialogue, the back and forth between the two is actually pretty strong. Also, the moral arguments, I guess, if you are into that, uh, make a lot of sense in the church because whenever the... um, it's not it's not father k but it's uh bishop marks is talking to the rest of the team trying to figure out whether or not he should schedule the exorcism they're all making pretty good points so it's well written i'd say mm-hmm. yeah it's just weird you were mentioning yeah you were mentioning the monsters apparently the monsters are done by joel harlow he is someone who is an academy award-winning makeup effects master and in season two this felt like cgi though this guy pulled out a sword and and it looked like a maybe it was half um, well, he, he designed some monsters. So, like, for season two, okay. he came up with around, like, five or six different monsters. I didn't find the actual monster or the archangel uh, to be nearly as, like, detailed as, say, the artwork that Raymond was doing on the wall. 
Yeah, because I kept like, seeing I kept seeing pictures that were like that were his sketching. Like whoever did that, that must have been like the background staff, because it wasn't just placed in there. It was actually drawn on the wall. The only it, thing I saw was a message that was talking about like the pig or something like that. Like the pig. No, 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 no. That, that was so. That was uh, Leland's fiance, who I told you like she at one point just flips out and is like, "No, I'm not going to deal with this." And at that point um ben or what's his name again michael emerson michael emerson starts to actually like her because of how much (laughs) spunk she has and so he goes back to her place and she he's like i got this uh whiskey or whatever and then she just pours out in front of him and she's like you're just trying to neutralize me which he was he was absolutely just trying and i don't know if he murders people but it feels like he probably does but maybe not but, but maybe indirectly because with the whole thing that he was confessing at the end he didn't murder julia but he might as well have he kind of did that thing where you bully someone on the internet and you just keep on telling them to kill themselves until mm-hmm. they do yeah like kind of that well it seems like evil is kind of taking a different direction this season because and i don't mean sorry self-correction you don't i, I mean you don't do that like no one does right, yeah obviously, but like you but know when you do that like does. i didn't mean um yeah so this season they are naming the episodes like n is for night terrors that was the first episode the third episode is f is for fire and the seventh episode is s is for silence which apparently is going to be a completely silent episode but one thing that Dang, that would have been a cool one to watch yeah, yeah. but one but thing, i would not have understood any of the characters i would have yeah, been even more confused also i think people are so excited for that one because that one took place after the writers figured out that they were going to be moving to paramount plus i thought um, you were going to say after the writers strike and that they didn't actually have a <laughs> script and it's all just kind of the actors playing off one another's cues no the, the, <laughs> the only thing that i found that uh, people that were kind of mad about the move is that it didn't seem like this show had as much of a budget uh did it seem like the, it was restricted to a couple locations or did yes okay it did yeah because yeah, uh, i know Chris and again and- the monster wasn't like super detailed or anything so it did feel like cgi there too so yeah it did feel like the show was shot on a budget but at the same time the strength was more in i think mike uh, Coulter's like performance mm-hmm. yeah he's not nearly as bad as he was in social distance where I think that was more about like relieving the Netflix audience of being like hey look what we're all going through at the same time this is he puts a little bit more effort into it in the episode does it seem like David and Kristen are trying to get together because there's definitely <laughs> a will they won't they scenario going on throughout the not season. in this episode like I don't think I even saw that at all so you could have told me that him well no actually isn't he trying to become an ordained minister like the the whole point is he can't but uh, like they they were adding some sexual tension once they learned (laughs) the writers just throughout the no i mean like was they even mentioned it leland makes fun of him for it in this episode he's like you can't even masturbate or something yeah no i i read about that that must have been an odd scene to talk about because no again this was the only scene they share together besides the phone call where he cancels the exorcism or delays it is later on when he's actually having the confession and leland is kind of treating it as like free time to uh just make fun of him so he's like well one time i cheated in class and blah 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 blah. and like he's just and he's like are you actually like contrite about these things he just wants to get it over with um yeah but where what was well, well, <laughs> you, you kind of answered it they didn't have any of that but from what i learned what? there weren't any romance going on between, between them Leland? that you no. saw in this episode <laughs> overall this episode has, i don't think they're gonna get together <laughs> this, this episode has a 7.9 on imdb but over, the, the show found a new fan base when netflix picked it up for season one or didn't pick it up but they they got the rights for it and don't then you they remember all it? those ads that, that were shown on the tv when this first came out yeah it, was it sh- felt like it was supposed to be like an x-files to me but instead it's so focused on the church and how like they're 100 percent correct it's so weird to see a show 
from the like the Hellstrom perspective, but instead of like questioning the third church's authority and whether or not they have like alternative ties or mm-hmm. or like there's just always been like sort of a cynical view of that yeah. type of thing. And for just a show to go full on into it and be like, yeah, this is where we're delving and we love it. <laughs> it's it's different. Would you compare this at all to Prodigal Son? Because- yeah. I guess, yeah. but I don't know why. Well, <laughs> sort of, sort of the tone, but there's a humor there that I think this has. Yeah, and it's almost kinda... like grim. Where like they even made a Scarface joke in this, where Tom was actually doing the confession back to David, and David was the one taking the confession, and David just immediately like buffs it off, and the father K, K is like, wait, 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 you can't do that to someone. He's like, that's the plot of Scarface. I'm not gonna freaking take this guy's contrition. <laughs> I think they also did. You catch that they made a reference to COVID nineteen in this as well. Yeah, about the plague. He kept on mentioning how the archangel Michael, and we got this weird like doomsday apocalyptic uh, view of like the earth being scorched. But then he immediately sees a news art a news show about the plague taking over, and he's like, "Is it the plague?" And I thought that this was post COVID, so that this would be a new plague. I don't think that they have COVID in the show. I think it was just supposed to be kind of like a reference, almost like the Dan Ike Harley. The show has gotten some acclaim actually for its humor, which I do find funny. Um, but overall, the show is a seven point seven on IMDb, ninety two percent for both seasons. I believe that on Rotten Tomatoes, I believe that the first season is certified fresh. Uh, some pros have been the humor and just the fact that people like kind of of the um fantastical angle that the show tries to go for the, i think the main concept of the, or the end of this episode since it is only the second one of the season was to show that team up between the nun andrea and um and uh, david's mm-hmm. character and now that she will teach him her ways he will be like daredevil and he will be able to fight leland even more he'll be like the professional um exorcist or something i don't know well like, i mean i'm like where is this going where do you think it's going well, Kristen has to find absolution for her murder too right for killing someone yeah i mean like again i haven't seen the show but i would say that that secret is probably going to be released to everyone at least i would think she's also the playing season. the x-files uh, scully character in the first i guess season where she's the doubter she doesn't believe in this mm. stuff so she's always looking for a reason not to uh move forward also with this uh the main guy the guy who thinks he's an angel or whatever mm-hmm. there's a plot where or there's this moment when asif manvi's character he thinks uh that there's a reason why he's hallucinating is because he used to work on skyscrapers and he was taking this vertigo medication that he would like attach to the patch attached uh, to so the back of his neck he would have episodes yeah, but he spoke in such a manner that it made it seem like if this guy really was hallucinating, he wouldn't be, like, that smart, mm-hmm. sort of. Like, his answers made enough sense where it was like, I don't think he's ever had a religious background. How would he know half this stuff? You mentioned Clarice earlier. Actually, Clarice is another show that is going to be moved on to Paramount Plus for season two. Yeah, and you didn't like, like Clarice, though, No, right? I, I didn't. But it seems like they're taking a lot of these shows that aren't as successful as maybe something like NCIS or If you watch Prodigal Son, on Clarice and this show back to back to back no I know I'm saying if you watch all three of them back to back to back it would feel like you were watching a specific genre in and of itself in the in the sort of supernatural-esque but also um like like every person in all those shows feels like they have a secret and that they're, they don't want, there's yeah, a lot they're... of them that are like secretly evil or secretly good, but plain evil. Yeah. It's a lot of back and forth, but they definitely feel like they're all sort of in the same family. 
I was just surprised how much of a fan base this had because I thought that Evil, first off, I thought it had been on for a lot longer than it had been, like almost as long as Grandma. I don't know why I thought that, but also because of how oh, many no, fans. Oh, no, I knew it was a pretty new show. How many fans are like into the show? I mentioned before it has 7.9 on IMDb, um, but like I said, TV Fanatic gave it 4.75 out of 5 stars. Just this episode, Vulture gave it 5 out of 5 stars. New York Times gave it 4 and a half. Wait, the New Den York Times? Geek. Sorry, Den of Geek. Where'd you it. get the New York Times from the Den of Geek? Because I, I, had, <laughs> I had some information that I got from the New York Times. So okay. Den of Geek here gave it 4.5 out of 5 stars. So, um, and 7.9 But you're not telling why. Like, what? Just okay, basically well, I, the performances? Well, for example, Phoebe Fanatic said, All good discussions circle around gray areas, and all good shows lean towards gray instead of black and white, good and evil. It's too easy to tell someone what to think. The real magic begins when you inspire someone to think. That's what evil does. Yeah, so. uh, well, it inspires you to think that the main character was completely wrong about Raymond's character. Because the whole time he was like, I actually believe him. I think that this archangel actually exists. But then at the end, he literally straight up murders his wife. And it's like, had they done the, um, whatever it's called, then... It, the exorcism? Yeah, the exorcism of this angel spirit thingy, then maybe that wouldn't have happened. Or at least maybe they would have realized. Because early on in the episode, you find out that when he did save those people in the traffic accident from the burning car, he left to one of them to burn for a while. And the reason was because that one apparently had been abusing their niece and he wanted to make yes. it like that was God's punishment to him <laughs> before he saved him. But they never checked up on that to see if it was true. And uh, he, he should probably have been exercised at that point probably yeah <laughs> instead of just giving him the benefit of the doubt like oh well just believe him <laughs> vulture said evil packs so much into 44 minutes by way of both the freaky shit and thought-provoking philosophical debate i did so, have to pause it a lot to write down the characters names and that's not normal for most of the shows most of the shows i'm able to watch throughout and then i can go back and just write down a few names for this it was like okay first we got father tom then we got or father k and then we got tom and uh then we got the bishop guy and it, it just kept on going and going and going and I, they kept on introducing new people because of the case. Uh, so, yeah, there was, even though it was mostly, there weren't extras like you talked about. There was definitely a lot going on, a lot of interweaving plot lines. So you mentioned for the most part you've liked the episode. What would you give it out of 10? Uh, I mean, actually, I would give it probably like a 6 out of 10 wow, just okay. personally. I wouldn't really watch another episode unless you were to tell me something great were to happen or if I were to learn like it was a completely silent episode and I was just full curious for that reason. Well, again, that happens in about five. So five weeks from now. <laughs> so. Yeah, so I might check that one out. All um, right. Is there anything else you have? No, that's all I have. All right, well, that's all I got. Thanks for listening. We'll see you on the next episode. Hope you enjoyed this one. Bye. Bye. Bye.